put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. The Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Glory, praise God, everybody. Jesus Christ on the throne. A good God, an awesome king, a powerful high priest, wonderful counselor. He is our Prince of Peace, an anchor for our soul, the word of the Father, the Torah scroll of Rabboni, Abba, Father, Yadevave. And we thank you, Father, for your kingdom. And we want to hear tonight what your kingdom has to say. We're not here for under-the-sun activity and human Christianity. We want the real deal above the sun where God is. First John chapter 5, there are three in heaven. The Word, the Holy Ghost, and the Father. There are three on earth. The blood, the Spirit, and the water. I love the fact that the Word and the Father, according to 1 John chapter 5, are not on earth. You know what that means? He's hidden His kingdom from the wise and learned and revealed it to little children who do His will. Little children is a reference to the holy innocent angels. Little children means innocent like the angels. The innocent ones, the ones with pure eyes, the ones with pure hearts, clean hands, with no ulterior motivation for existence other than to do God's will. They don't have the stubborn pride to be offended because they have no intention inside their heart except the Father's kingdom. So they're like clay in the potter's hand. He can be a rich treasury of glory inside these vessels called jars of clay. Christ in you, the hope of the human brain realizing the Shekinah glory, Colossians 1.27, the preaching of the prophetic word, the living word from above the sun where God the Father is, where the word of God is, when it comes forth, the purpose of it is to awaken your spirit man to the reality of the angelic, invisible kingdom world of God. What is the purpose of the scripture? To awaken you to reality of the invisible world. Scripture is given, God breathes, and is helpful and useful for correcting, teaching, chastising, and rebuking in righteousness. What is righteousness? The Father's will on sapphire stones. It's a kingdom of righteousness. If you seek the Father's righteousness, you'll be emptied of selfish righteousness. Under the sun, human beings go after selfish righteousness, a righteousness that boasts against God's kingdom above the sun. Anybody know what that's called? Religion. That's all the serpents of religion in the kingdom of hell that boasts in a selfish a self-servient, even a false piousness, a false divinity, and it boasts before God. 
It augurs before Yadevave. It casts magic spells, which are words that fall to the ground, before Yadevave. What does it mean to be before Yadevave? As is written, Balaam augured before Yadevave in Numbers. It means that you are under the sun, are opposed to the lightning path of the Father's will of original design of the heavens, and the angelic order of righteousness and holiness and peace in the Holy Ghost, and therefore they are outside the city gates of the heavenly Jerusalem's order, of the heavenly Jerusalem's law and order. There is the law of the luminaries. That law is the supernal commandments. And my commandments, Jesus Christ, red letters, are not burdensome. Which means they're perfect and light because they're written according to the original design of God the Father's creation of man and woman. You know what's hard? Living against that design. Those people are confused, miserable, insane, full of madness instead of gladness, or their gladness is at the expense of killing and murdering others and putting others down for their own personal gain. Listen, Jesus Christ put himself down for the personal gain of others. Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. As they're chanting every mocking, insulting thing to him, dying on the cross, and he never exaggerated He never had one drop of sin enter his soul, perfect from birth, the Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And yet all the sinners in the world hurled insults upon him, Scripture says. That means as you approach the Father's kingdom and you start to get right with the Spirit and angel of glory and obedient to His commandments that are never burdensome, living according to the original design, people will hurl insults. You will be constantly attacked by demonic forces. And if you are serious about God's Word and God's kingdom and the realities of His glory realms and the protocol of his holy, innocent, childlike angels, you will only grow in glory amidst all the attack. Peter says, they're persecuting you because of the glory of the word of God, and you have a testimony of the word, and because of that glory, you suffer as real Christians. It is written, If anyone suffers for the glory of the word of God, consecrating their souls, they suffer as true Christians, true messiahs. They say, oh, buddy, messiahs, isn't there just one? No, that's a pagan concept. You know, I love telling you the truth. Obadiah says that many Mashiachs will come forth from Zion. Jewish sages and all real rabbis of Torah and the prophets believe that every patriarch and matriarch is a Mashiach. The word Moshi is the root source of the word Messiah or Mashiach. Moshi is Hebrew for Moses. You know what that means? Moses, his name means Messiah. Hello? And that's why Moses stood up and said, Another Messiah will come after me, and if you don't believe in him and follow him and obey him, you'll be utterly cut off from Israel. That's what Moshe said, right? 
So therefore, Messiah leads to Messiah. And you know, the, the pagan thinking in the brain with the serpents and the senses and the reasonings, like, oh my gosh, we're getting weird right away tonight. No, that's ancient biblical truth. The only thing weird we're dealing with is American Christianity. It's about as weird and bizarre as it gets, and it's not even based on the Bible at all. It's like a hundred thousand different opinions of human beings under the sun with a hundred and fifty thousand different snakes inside the senses. And guess what? When you come with the authority of Torah and the teaching of the 24 rabbis of the heavenly Jerusalem, for that is what it means to be a citizen of that city and that kingdom, is that you have to have a rabbinical understanding of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and all rabbinical literature, which means if it magnifies the Shekinah of the Word of God through the path of lightnings, that's what makes it doctrine. That's what makes it true theology. That's what makes it kosher. That's what makes it true. Jesus Christ said in in the Bible, I am the truth. Why? Because He came down from God. (laughs) If he had not come down from God, he could not be the truth. Why is that? That's rabbinical understanding of sound teaching and sound doctrine. These demon spirits inside wicked sinners and religionists are trying to take you away from the path of lightnings. They relentlessly attack believers' souls, young, impressionable believers, to pull them away from Jacob's ladder, for he is the Messiah of Jacob's ladder. What's the first promise? Well, it says in John chapter 1, Jesus Christ read letters. This is in the New Living Translation. You can study the scripture yourself like good Bereans later. But the Bible says, I am the stairway. John chapter 1, New Living Translation. Study it for yourself. I am the stairway. Which means that ladder that Jacob saw, Jesus Christ declared in John chapter 1 that he was that ladder. Therefore, if you have any kind of Christianity apart from that ladder, apart from that stairway, my God, people, how far from the kingdom ladder of the stairway that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is are you? What is your belief systems? What are your traditions? What are your thought patterns? What are you doing with your life, man? You know what people are doing? What's convenient to itching ears? They like the traditions of men, Pentecostal, charismatic, glory stream traditions. Listen, there are people inside those denominations and inside those churches that hate traditions. But I tell you the truth, all will be revealed in these days to see who truly loves the tradition of the Father which is his kingdom on sapphire stones, the truth, the ladder, the stairway, and those who just love human renditions of the divine. You know what that means? Thieves, robbers, Tower of Babel. Nimrod, king of Babel, king of the Tower of Babel, king of Babylon. The word Nimrod literally means to kill and murder while praying. That means having all the appearance of the stuff that's come down the ladder, but never put one hand or foot to the stairway. Just down around the ladder, 
wandering in the sands of the earth with serpent interpretation and all the gates of their souls as souls of senses and reasoning. Come on now, that's exactly how it is. They have snakes inside the souls of their senses and reasoning, so their interpretation is apart from the stairway. Therefore, they are all liars. Have nothing to do with liars, especially the ones that come that want to correct the Zadik and the Apostles' doctrine on the ladder and the stairway of Jesus Christ's rungs. You know those are demonic assignments every time. What does it say in Revelation 21? The wicked will continue to be wicked. The righteous will continue to be righteous. They're not going to repent. They're not going to change. Stop trying to help these people. Stop wasting your breath on wicked people that love having serpents in their gates. Ones that have heard about the ladder and the stairway, but refuse to come near it and refuse to walk on it, lest they sacrifice the demons controlling their souls. You watch now. These are the ones that are trying to turn you against me, Rebecca, Shadrach, or turn Shadrach against us, and Africa is a separate thing from America. This offering is for Kenya, not to the rich Americans. You know, those are demons 100% of the time. We're one ministry, we're one apostleship, we're one kingdom. The fact that you make yourselves judges apart from the ladder reveals that you're nowhere near the rungs of the stairway that Jesus Christ is, that you are the enemies of the kingdom of heaven. Truth, anyhow. Now, if you're close and you're on the stairway, it's like, yeah, terrorize those demons. Beat up those lying spirits. Kill those evil spirits in the land. Whack the the snakes. Moses stood up with the bronze serpent in the wilderness, and he destroyed the snakes. They were dying en masse from serpents in their souls. Thousands and tens of thousands of of covenant people that loved God, that worshipped God, that brought all kinds of money as tithes and offerings to God. They were dying by the tens of thousands. Truth in here, read Torah, that's what it says. And yet, someone stood up the Zadik, Moshi, Messiah. (laughs) You need to say that now. So you have an understanding of what sons are. All sons are Christians. The word Christian means Messiahs. That might help some of you out of your American pagan Christianity. You can call each other Messiah as well. Well, what denomination? No, no denomination. This is the stairway. We're leaving this place. We're going to burn the earth up. We're going to rule over the earth now. It's just a bunch of snakes down here. Anyone that's on the earth that is apart from the stairway is actually serving serpents 100% of the time. Can I get an amen? Mm-hmm. What's the difference with you? You're better than everyone? No, Jesus is better than everyone. He's king. He's Messiah. He's the morning star sent forth from Jacob, Israel. He's the leader. But he has a ladder. He's the leader of the ladder. He sits at the right hand of God in Zion and he commands us in Revelation 4.1 to come up here. What's being revealed in these days is how much serpentine Christian sorcery is inside American Christianity and it is absurd. It is ridiculous. Now God is going to obliterate it with Torah scrolls. You know what the days of Noah are? I'll tell you right now. It's heavenly Jerusalem coming down as a scroll. Heavenly Jerusalem is a city of the building of the sapphire stones. Those whose citizenship is in heaven. It is written. 
Those whose citizenship is in America are not citizens of that place. Now, you can have dual citizenship. Paul did. Nothing wrong with that. You can be a Canadian for all I care. The issue is that you have citizenship in the sapphire stones first and foremost. Amen? (laughs) Then you can have a dominion over the earth. You could become an Italian citizen and have a passport, a, a, a citizen of all the nations. You get Chinese citizenship. You realize that some of these American corporations like Vanguard and Blackstone, worth $10 trillion, are recommended by the Chinese Communist government? If your Kabbalah is high enough on sapphire stones, even the communists will like you. Now, I know that's like, oh my God, what is that? Well, it's the truth anyhow. That's what it is. It's how high you are in the resurrection ruling over the earth or how low you are in the dust having not raised over anything. You're not raised over the pebbles or the ponds in your neighborhood swamps. No, that's not to beat Jep. It's the truth anyhow. That we have an elevation so low that anything absurd in our neighborhood's ruling over us. The neighborhood watch is ruling over us. The ice cream man come down the streets ruling over us. The paper boy is ruling over us. You know, grandma driving down the freeway 45 miles an hour is ruling over us because our emotions get out of whack. Like, where is your rulership? Where is your dominion and authority and power over the earth as Scripture declares for everyone who's a real Christian? Why are we still with all of our citizenship below? I tell you why. Because you got snakes inside you. Half of you are in denial, and they're so hidden behind areas where you haven't allowed the Word in to expose them. That you just think, you know, this is some crazy fanatical stuff at Joel's bar. The truth is, everyone in the earth is on the earth because of snakes. You cannot be earthly and not have serpentine dust in your souls, in your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your touch gates, your hearts, your brains, your bones, and your marrow. We got to clean this mess up. The washing of the water of the word cleans the serpentine dust, which are our anchors into the earthly, so we can be anchored into the word of God, risen from the dead in the heavenlies. We love the anchor verses. We got it tattooed and on our faces around here. Don't mean nothing if you're earthly because you're just anchored, what, sand? There's no water in sand. You don't need any anchors in the earth. Zero anchors on the earth. The whole earth is a pile of sand. Doesn't mean we don't love the earth. If you love the earth, you go up the ladder of the stairway of Jesus Christ and you make new earth according to the elevations of the Shekinah glory that are emanating through your circumcisions. You don't love the earth at all if you're still wandering around the ladder. You only love yourselves. There's no love of God in anyone that's in the sand. Every single sand person is a hypocrite. And that's not to make fun of the sand people on Mandalorian. Because some of those sand people have integrity. And snipers too, you know. <laughs> Amen. What it means is wisdom. Wisdom can speak in English terms and have deep spiritual meaning. There was an angel just flew right through the middle of the room right there. That one might have been caught on camera. Thank you, Father. We welcome all the angels here tonight. I'm not preaching alone. I'm preaching with thousands and tens of thousands of Elijah Sandalfon's chariots of fire tonight because you need them. Because your nations need them. You need to be restored 
to the Father by the Spirit and power of resurrection through Elijah Sandophon. Now, what is the resurrection? Well, what happened to Elijah? He resurrected, didn't he? So what does it mean to be raised from the dead? It means to hop in a chariot with Elijah's sandal on. You know how you attach your soul to that chariot like it says in Acts? Philip the, the evangelist is dealing with the Ethiopian eunuch. Ethiopian eunuch is reading Isaiah. The Spirit of God said to Philip, attach your soul to that chariot. He did. Hopped right on. Do you know what you're reading? How can I unless someone teaches me? Talking about Jesus, buckwheat. Bam! Baptized him in water as he came out of the water. He was transported five miles away. Ten kilometers for the Canadians watching. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I got my BCAs today on ice. A little noisy. Extra hydration. We're about cell health. You're going to need them. Because the Word of God needs to dwell in your cells. <laughs> There's a lot of cell health when you're being transported 10 miles, 5 miles. You know, when Ezekiel was transported, that was a 1,000 miles. Very long distance. Maybe a 1,000 times 10,000. Because he might have gone up before he went down, you know what I mean? So, can't really measure it that way. He might have gone up 10,000 light years. You know, but we're so down here in our brains, we're just like, well, I got a measuring stick right now. Now that I know the distance from my Bible studies in the back of my Bible where the maps are, oh my God, I know that's off. (laughs) People are like that. They're so analytical with snakes in their heads. They're like, logic and reasoning is my God with no wisdom. I won't let anything in except what I can calculate with my human brain the size of a pea. Your brain is smaller than the pea, that's being generous. Especially if you have a bird's eye view. You go up a couple thousand feet, it's, it's the size of a grain of dust. Can you imagine limiting yourself to the, a grain of dust in your thinking? That's how sick and wrong it is to be stubborn and under the sun mentalities of the nations. And that's where the people are at. And you need to be angry about it. That, that is the reason why you get on fire for God to burn up all that sand in human brain cells so they have a hope of glory of resting tongues of fire settling on them so they can ascend the stairway of Jesus Christ and no longer be earthly serpent-filled sand creatures. A sand creature that's filled with snakes, they're opinionated about everything. And you know, every opinion they have is a snake that backs it up with poison. That's why you can't argue with religionists. You can't argue and debate with these people. Don't even try to convert them. The Lord God Almighty says in Revelation 21, the wicked will continue being wicked. Don't try to save these snakes. You come with the bronze cross of Moses, Moshi, Messiah, and you kill snakes. And if they react negatively to the bronze pole of Moses that kills the serpents, which is the cross of his blood crucifying all the serpentine selfishness of religiosity in their souls, you just know they're a demon. That person's a demonic assignment. They're trying to destroy my destiny. They're trying to pull me away from the apostles and the Zadik of my generation. Uh, now I'm going to be ten times more lethal in the Holy Ghost, you stupid demons. Amen? It's called a a deaf and dumb spirit. That's why we can call it a stupid spirit. Amen? And Jesus cast out the dumb spirit. 
and the person could speak and talk and think again. Well, it's a spirit of stupid, Bill Johnson calls it. I like that. I've never met an intelligent demon yet. Everything they say is lies. It's their very nature. But I have seen reality of how many demons we do have down here, and most people are in total denial and ignorance of reality. Let me just tell you, there's millions, and there's tens of millions, and they're concentrated not in third world nations, in first world nations. Why? Because they're all about power, dominion, authority, and stealing. Judas Iscariot, whom Jesus Christ called Satan six times in Scripture, was a thief who robbed the treasury. So wherever there is the most treasure, there you'll find the most demons. Hello? Pretty simple stuff. They're not going to have many demons in poor nations. You might think so, that's because their whole structure is the structure of deceit. So you think you're doing something really big when you go into the third world nations, but there's very few demons actually in third world nations. The demons are mainly in Switzerland, England, New York City, Manhattan, and the richest of the rich places on earth. That's where the real strongholds of the principalities are. And the principalities aren't on earth. Okay? You can't just go down as a sand creature into a city and take down a stronghold. The principality, power, throne, dominion is in the heavenly places, it is written. They're on the clippeth ladder of Esau. Okay? So why do we have this black sorcery-filled Kabbalah of Esau and all this Kabbalistic witchcraft in the world to the point where nearly every Christian knows that that Kabbalah is sorcery, that it's the highest form of witchcraft in the whole world. It's Luciferianism. I mean, even the Pentecostals know that. The thing is, they don't understand the ladder and the stairway, and so they kind of throw out the baby with the bathwater. We just remain on earth, and the goat head of Satan is our God down on earth, and because God's not on earth, the Bible says God's above the sun. That's written in 1 John chapter 5. So we're godless, but we're afraid of going up into the heavenly places. Why are God's people so beat up and just oppressed in every generation with constant struggles because they're not in connection to God's kingdom above the sun. They're still earthly, so therefore they're in all the same curses as sinners. Only when you resurrect do you resurrect above the sin. As scripture says, all have fallen short of the glory, so they're underneath the glory realm of absolute perfection and peace and prosperity and health and everlasting eternal life and invincibility and where the demons just don't mess with you like they do when you're down under the sun. It's a completely different world. Time's different. Space is different. Everything about your thought life is different. Don't equate anything above your soul and above your thinking to your current situation because that is unrighteous judgment. Everything higher than you thinks different than you. There is not one thing at a higher elevation than you that doesn't think completely different than you. Each circumcision is from thought life to thought life. That's what changes the inner person out of your heart precede the issues of your thought life. <laughs> As a man thinks in his heart, so 
is he? It is written. Therefore, if you circumcise your spirit man's thoughts that are constantly under serpentine dust influence, you begin to go up into, what does the Bible say? My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways, says the Lord God Almighty. When you go up into his thoughts, guess what happens? His thoughts are all prayer. His thoughts are all Torah. His thoughts are all scripture. His thoughts are all commandments. Under the sun, it's all opinions, suggestions. Well, that's your opinion, bro. You know, that's your suggestion. That's like just your crazy interpretation in Red Letter Ministries, dude. No, when you go through the circumcisions, you're aligned with the Father's thoughts on sapphire stones. The sapphire stones are the Ten Commandments above that Sinai was the copy below. And those never change. You're going back into the Ten Commandments of the Ten Worlds of First Enoch. So you're now living within the protocol of God's original design for man and woman, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. There's no legalism in that. That's ultimate freedom. That's as perfect as perfect gets. So what happens is woman came out of man's bone structure. They both fell from glory. So they're just limited to to bone activity down under the sun. We get external Torah. We hang it in phylacteries in our foreheads and our eyes and our talisman and our long flowing garbs and our external ephods and the whole nine yards to try to cover us with the original covering that we had in the upper garden of Eden according to the pattern above. And it's not enough. It's not a perfect covenant even though everything that was said was true and perfect it's not a perfect connection it's not a perfect covenant messiah jesus christ is the perfect connection that means covenant therefore now all those realities that we had the shadow copies of the old testament are now formed in us but they require elevations that's why first uh, second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 says we go from one dimension elevation of glory to another dimensional elevation of glory by the spirit who is the lord of glory amen so if we are not ascending we have no internal new covenant realities and we're limited to old testament external shadows so we're still practicing the shadows of religion instead of the eternal internal outpouring of the resurrection from the elevations we ascended to by the circumcisions of our heart and brain and bones and marrow why bones and marrow so important hebrews 4 12 it is written because the bones and marrow is the record of the bloodlines for your blood is produced in your bones and they go all the way back through the rib cage of adam okay bone of my bone flesh of my flesh torah it is written genesis of man and woman came out of man at least physically, now you're born again of Jesus Christ, spirit man, the angel of Shekinah, God the Father, born above, so we're not limited to just flesh and blood and bones and marrow and human bloodlines. Anyone that's limited to human bloodlines doesn't understand one thing about the new covenant. The whole point of the new covenant of Messiah is we're not limited to bone marrow. We're not limited to human bones and the bloodlines that are in the bones. Now we're in Jesus Christ's bones. We're in Jesus Christ's flesh. We're in Jesus Christ's blood. And it flows through the spirit part of us. And your spirit, man, is the creative part of God given to your spirit so they can recreate your souls, your mind, your will, your emotions, your thoughts, you, you know, what your elevations, so you're not limited to what you're born in, given by your parents' bloodlines in your bones, 
those limitations just burn off of you if you're allowing the fire of God to burn them away. Most people don't let those magic spells burn out of their bones. They cling to them because they say, that's my identity of who my mom and dad are. And I don't want to end up like my mom and dad. Well, it's written in your bones. So unless you allow the fire of God to baptize your bones, can these dry bones live, Ezekiel 37? Well, only if they allow the river of the blood life of the bones of Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the morning star of Jacob, to come forth and burn them with Torah scrolls. Otherwise, the magic spells of your bloodline curses will have influence over your thought life all the days of your human life under the sun. Meaningless, meaningless, vanity, vanity, chasing after the wind, and you'll have no divine encounters. There'll always be someone else's. Why? Because you're in your human blood. To be cursed and living in death is to be submitted to the magic spells in your bones and marrow. Simple as that. Selah. So when I engage in the Bible, I'm recognizing I'm dealing with the sorceries of bone necromancy and the bloodline curses that come from the bones and the marrow. Therefore, the word of God divides them asunder and judges them. And it goes deeper through the soul, the mind, will, and emotions into the spirit and deals with the thought life of the consciousness so that every part of me, spirit, soul, mind, and body can be holy to the Lord. Can you imagine being holy in one area and then just totally defiled in another area? You know what that means? Double-minded, unstable in all your ways. That person's a hypocrite. That person has no solid scripture working at all. You can't say, well, it's just because my flesh is weak, but my spirit is willing. Listen, man, that's Romans 7. Get into Romans 8. Now we got the mind of Christ. We're not settling there. We skipped that chapter. It took 30 seconds. He immediately repents and says, we're not settling for the weaknesses of the flesh. Oh, foolish man as I am, who will deliver me from this body of flesh? Well, Jesus Christ does, and he says it immediately afterwards, so that no flesh has any excuse. Flesh is holy to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6.19, same apostle. 1 Corinthians 6.19, same apostle that wrote Romans. Paul, chief apostle of the Lamb. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Be therefore holy, for your heavenly Father is holy. Well, I didn't know my flesh and blood is holy. Well, the word is what consecrates your flesh and bones and marrow, which is your bloodlines to be holy. Otherwise, you're just settling for death and you got some Christian belief systems, but none of it will work for you because your blood is still connected to Satan and death and Samael and the fallen angels. And the 70 archangels of death, the 70 principalities of the Tower of Babel that were given to the 70 nations at Babel that all served Nimrod. What is Nimrod? Antichrist. Satan's beloved son. So if you are limiting yourself to your own bones and your bloodlines that are in your bones, you can't do anything except serve the Antichrist. Truth in you. Now, if you start serving Christ by annihilating the old man and counting it as rubbish like every apostle says in the New Testament and it starts being real to you, guess what? You're not serving the Antichrist anymore. Here's where we're at coming out of the church age. Barely not serving the Antichrist today. I'm not going to exaggerate. That is where the Bride of Christ is at accurately right now. October 2023. The bride of Christ in her exodus out of the curse of the fall back into the perfection of the original design up 10 weeks. She is right now today worldwide body of Jesus Christ of which I am a head of it. She is barely not serving the Antichrist. 
where she has some intentions to not serve the bloodlines that are in her bone, being necromancered, necromanced by the serpents in the garden. I don't think there's one, there's millions. <laughs> Back then when you only had 10 million people on the planet, how many tens of thousands of snakes did they have hanging off of the Israelites? My God, you know that symbolizes how many demons, snakes, religious spirits you are dealing with in your senses, in your gates of your soul, in your brain stem, which is the gate of the nefesh soul. It's right in the back of your head. That's where you need to unplug. They weren't lying to you in the Matrix with Neo. They didn't. They said, this is not fantasy. This is a documentary. When they made the Matrix, they said, this is not sci-fi. We're, this is a documentary on reality. You understand that? When they made that movie, they intended to reveal reality. Okay? So don't watch Matrix in ignorance. When you get disconnected from your brainstem, from the tub of goo as a battery to the fallen angels, that's because the back of your head is the gate to the nefesh soul that's in the blood. Some of you need to write that down. The back of your brainstem is the gate to the nefesh soul that's in the blood. Leviticus 17.11. Amen? Truth anyhow. Write it in the comments. So you need to lay hands on the back of your head, often anointing your head with oil. Jesus Christ said, perfume your head. He says in James, anointing your heads with oil. In Psalms, I anoint your head with fresh oil. Why is all the anointing on the head constantly in the Bible over and over again? You know why? We cover our heads because of the angels. And they're always talking about the heads and the human head and the brain and the skull everywhere in the whole Bible. Why is it so important? Where was he crucified? The place of the skull, the place of the head. The very hill where Messiah was crucified to death for humanity's sins looks like a head. Come on now. Why is that? You have to drive a stake through the demonic head because the snakes are crawling through skulls like some of the demonic tattoos you see at the tattoo parlor with the snakes and the skulls. It's like That's what it looks like in the spirit, but it's not just one snake. It's usually hundreds and hundreds of them. Oftentimes throughout the day, you'll have hundreds of snakes pass through the gates of your head, your flesh, your brain. All the influence of negativity in your brains are serpentine, demonic temptation continuously. To live on earth is to live in hell, where what passes through your brain is snakes, which are manifest thoughts constantly. The snakes live over the dust of the brain matter that's unrenewed mind that is at enmity and strife towards the circumcising sword of the Holy Spirit. So the elevations on the earth are elevations that your Christian souls are in hell. Truth anyhow. Now the gospel will raise you. You can be children of the resurrection, but you have to acknowledge this stuff and deal with this stuff. And if you don't, the invisible world continues to rule over you and you start to just make up belief systems that the demons tell you because you're not doing anything against the dust. You're not arising from the dust. You're submitting to the dust. You're submitting to the fall. You're submitting to sin. Most Christianity down here is fully submitted to the curse of the fall and to the dust of the earth and to the serpentine sorcery that rules over it by God's commandment in the fallen garden. He said, you will crawl on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life talking to Samuel, Satan, the serpent rider. 
chief of the serpents, of all serpentine sin in the whole earth. He said to Samael in the Garden of Eden, you will crawl on your belly and eat dust, which means if there is dust in your gates, what is dust? Earthliness, all of it. Jesus didn't say there's a type of earthliness where with your family that's okay, there won't be dust there. There's a type of earthliness where you can tithe and give offerings and and not have to actually rise on the ladder and you won't have serpentine dust there. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, if you read the gospel, exposed all the dust under the sun. That's what the gospel is. It exposes everything under the sun and requires us to go through the cross, his ladder to the Father. Otherwise, we die in the dust under the sun, even if we have all kinds of Christian belief systems. Why? Because... Sin is based on elevations, not even your outward works. You could be in the lowest caste system of of hell on earth and still have all kinds of good works, looking like Mother Teresa, but because of your elevation, that's what makes you a sinner. Truth in you. But Lord, we drove out demons in your name. We healed the sick in your name. We did signs, miracles, and wonders in your name. Depart from me, worker of iniquity. You weren't on my ladder. I am the stairway. You hated the stairway, you despised the stairway, you never developed in your heart, you clung to all your bones and marrow your whole life. You lived as human beings with my teachings on your head like an old covenant witch. Like an old covenant sorcerer and witch. What, how are you any different than a sorcerer when God's teachings are merely flesh and blood deep and they haven't become the very part of your spirit that emanates Shekinah? Do you realize you're a thief stealing from the things of God and putting the things of God on you And thinking having the things of God on you, but not being on the ladder and going up the ladder makes you okay with God. You know what John the Baptist said? You come down to the river and splash my waters on you, but it won't save you, you serpent skins. You are submitted to the fallen angels, and just because you come near to the prophet and come near to John the Baptist, the spirit of Elijah, it won't help you unless it becomes your heart. Unless it becomes your bone and marrow. Unless it becomes your bloodlines. Unless it becomes your house. Unless this reality of the bones of Jesus, the bloodline of Jesus, the ladder and stairway and DNA and the genetic offspring of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He is the morning star that was sent forth from Israel, Jacob. Savior of the world, King of the nations. If you want a part of his house, you will have to submit your own constantly, not one time. Don't think one act of charity is enough. It's a lifestyle of charitable offerings, charitable giving, giving of all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. To become a disciple is to obey his commandments written on your heart and your mind all the time. This isn't just for the full-time ministers. This is for every Christian, every Messiah. Mm -hmm. Any standard less than that, you're just going to have snakes in you. You'll be listening to demons. They'll be telling you all kinds of crazy stuff. It'll always contradict the Zadik. You'll never honor the Zadik. You don't even understand the Zadik because you have so much of your own opinions and interpretations about everything. Nothing you believe even makes sense. It'll change. It'll contradict constantly because you're not rock solid in the Word of God. You don't know the Tanakh or the fulfillment of Tanakh through the Gospels and the Epistles. You're just out there interpreting Scripture out of conveniences. This is what happens with those that are apart from the ladder to the Father that hate the stairway and think that the organized charismatic activity in the sand, this is the sound doctrine. You know, you know what Nicolaitan is? 
it's the separation from the Zadik by the people. That's where it originates from Moses on Sinai. Moses didn't sin on Sinai. The people refused to go up. They are the ones that separated. That's what Nicolaitan heresy is. It's you establishing your Christianity apart from the Zadik's ladder, apart from the Zadik's stairway. That's why Bob Jones always said, well, they're going to be a majority of one. People are going to say they're crazy, but they're the sons of God. They're the sons of the stairway. They live in the Sephirot. They live in the Father's kingdom on sapphire stones with the archangels. And yet you'd be lucky to find five people in their whole city that agree with them. And yet they are the agreement of the Father's kingdom over all the cities. And we want you to be that too. Amen. That's what growing up is. It's getting over your own blood and what your own blood is speaking. For his blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel it is written. What is the blood of Abel speaking? Human blood. It cries for vengeance. What is the blood of Jesus? Torah. What is the blood of Jesus? It's the scroll coming down the heavenly Jerusalem in Revelation chapter 22. That Torah scroll coming down is the river. You know, water in Scripture is only representative of what the power of Scripture is. We think, oh, it's refreshment. I mix it with my BCAs and my Himalayan salt because you have to have sodium when you're an athlete. So water and sodium. I found out when you start getting into heavy training, you're going to need sodium. Drink some salt water. And that what they, they tell you out there to stay away from salt? God says you need more salt in your life. Salt of the earth. Salt's a conductor of the electricity in your systems of electricity. You had 11 systems in your body, 11 the number of the prophet. You want all of them glorified? Put the Torah in all 11 of them. How do you do that? Believe. You believe, you put it in your spirit, your spirit share it with your soul, your soul shares it with your mind, your mind follows your soul, your soul follows your spirit, and guess what happens? Your bones and marrow will get it forth, last. That's why scripture says, love the Lord to God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Spirit, soul, mind, and bones. And if you don't, guess what? You'll have systems that will die on you because you don't love Yadavave, the Lord your God, with that system. Therefore, that system is serving a serpent of death, an angel of death in the kingdom of hell, and the wages of sin is death. And this is why people have so much sickness and disease, is because they don't serve God with the holy temple, getting and consecrating the temple on sapphire stones. Doesn't mean there's not death there, for all the principalities are up there, you're going to heal the luminaries, but you're going to make progress. It'll be attacked, it'll be misunderstood, it'll be hated and despised because it reveals everyone down below is apart from the stairway that Jesus Christ is to the Father, and therefore they'll hate it. The ones that love the institutionalized religious systems of the charismatic goofball circus, they'll hate it because it exposes all their activity that has the appearance of miracle signs and wonders has departed from his stairway, it is written. Oh my gosh, they'll weep and gnash their teeth. Some of you are barely holding on because of your distance to the stairway. Repent, which means change your inner man to agree with the stairway. Draw closer to the stairway. The word of God summons you to the secret stairway of the heart. Amen? Solomon's temple even had a secret stairway if you study it, representing the stairway of the heart. Herod's temple, no stairway. Total abomination, Jesus Christ said, tear it down. Tear it down. Not one dollar of that $40 billion from all the churches in the world went to God. It was all the tabernacle of Moloch. Acts 7, it is written. 
Jesus said, I'll destroy this house. That was one of the main arguments in murdering the Messiah, was that he has spoken all kinds of evil things against our temple. You know, here's the, here's the creator of heaven and earth, and they're, they're defending their church building. Not that y'all don't do that with your denominations and Pentecostal traditions and charismatic crap and human filth, but everyone does. That's the human condition. We want to build shelters and then think that we're doing something for God, but it's under the sun. It's just earthly garbage. Just a total waste of time, a total waste of money. We don't have time to waste. We don't have money to waste. The partners are as thin as it gets around here for frontline ministries. And half of them are tempted and bombarded by demons every day. And we just, they just, the turnover rate's atrocious because it's front lines ministry. And it's not that it's controversial. It's just how many serpents oppose the righteousness of God in Christ. And the Father's kingdom is hated by these demons and these principalities so ferociously, you start to influence the infants in Christ living in under-the-sun Christianity. A principality or a power, a throne, a dominion come down? You know how easy they can pick off infants in Christ? They have no anchors. They don't even know where the kingdom is. Most of them are not even God-inside-minded. A couple thoughts in their heads and they're gone and they're no longer faithful. That's all it takes usually, just like one thought, like one arrow from an imp spirit. cult you know you got the lowest ranking rat spirit of the kingdom of hell and it just this this dart it's like a nerf dart doesn't even have an arrow tip on it and you shoot it and it hits them and bounces off like a kindergartner and they're like oh man that's a that's called false false teaching you know they don't listen they don't it's total neanderthal darkness out there and by telling you the truth it forgives them because the washing of the water of the word is the light that removes darkness which is the actual forgiveness of your enemies truth anyhow so you need to be in the full armor of god during these days because you're not just going to be dealing with rat spirits and raccoon spirits and, and mice spirits and all kinds of little weak animal spirits of hell that will try to poison your head like flies and maggots. You're going to be dealing with angels. Some of them are the size of planetary systems. And if you come here looking like an ant, the size of an ant, and considering yourself the size of an ant because you're working out of your own physical brain instead of God the Father's omnipotent glory realm bigger than the universe, you're going to have problems. They're going to pick you off and you're not going to make it. Are you going to lose your salvation? Maybe. How far can the enemy take you? How far in the structure of deceit is the distance they can take you from the stairway, which is the kingdom ladder? The kingdom ability to ascend to our Father in the childlike resurrection of the Bible. How far can they take you away from the rungs of the ladder, from the rungs of the stairway? That's how effective the enemy is in your souls. How far does your thought life stray? Does it go into sexual morality? Does it go into murder, competition, envy, and strife? Where are your thoughts? That's your distance from the stairway of the Word of God. You can tell by the thought life of a person their distance, their measuring distance to the actual stairway to God the Father in heaven. Truth and yeah. So if your thoughts are just a mess and you're always at strife and competition, there's always adultery in your eyes and adultery in your flesh and you're just a total greedy mess and you can't think about anything except money or the fear of money or the love of money or you know improving your life and you don't think about the kingdom constantly and zeal for the Father's house has not consumed your flesh and blood, you are very, very far from the kingdom of heaven. 
very far. You are very much a patron and loyal to hell's kingdom. And you need to understand that so you can repent and get closer to God. And if you don't understand those levels and measurements, you'll just live in ignorance and just say, oh, it's not that serious. And we want reality and we want accurate measurements. Revelation says the angels come with measurements. Therefore, we want to know how close we are, the accuracy of where we are in each rung, how much of the enemy is still influencing that area of my life. I want to examine it. I want it under a microscope. I want the word to deal with it. I want it cut out. And I'm not going to just sit around here and get fat on teaching and not do anything with my heart to give it to God. Amen. People that are hearers only become the greatest enemies of the latter. That's the temptation when you get around teachers of righteousness, is to just listen only. You know, Enoch talks about those who listen to righteousness and to the teachings of Enoch. They followed him and died and froze to death in the heavens. They didn't go into the fire. Why? Because it wasn't in their own hearts. It wasn't in their own bones. His bones became like the coals of the juniper tree. Their bones didn't become fiery coals. They did not have their own relationship with the Word of God. They didn't have a rabbinical understanding of the Ten Commandments of of the sapphire stones above the sun. It was just Enoch only, and we just listen to Enoch, and we believe Enoch's king of kings and lord of lords, and we believe he's telling the truth, and they all believe he's telling the truth. And if you study the ancient text, it says Enoch was considered king of kings and lord of lords over all the giants and over the one billion souls on planet earth in his day. Okay? Everyone considered Enoch the man of righteousness and the king of kings and lord of lords. The angels would come, all the fallen angels would come, and bow down in reverence to Enoch. Okay? Please, can you put in a good word with your God for us since, you know, we're fallen? And he did, right? You had all the fallen angels come to one man of righteousness, Enoch the scribe, and ask him to talk to God for them. At that point, when every single angel is bowing to you and begging to you, you better recognize that that authority. That's the authority of Yarevave. And the word Enoch means little one. So it's not like, oh, big righteousness. It means little one. Little Yarevave, little one. Youth. Truth anyhow. So we want to become adults, and we need to become Enochian youth, which means live forever. Son of God, child of God, just like Jesus. Live forever. One like the Son of Man. One like a child of man. Son means child of man. One like a child of the Father. And if you want the same experiences, guys, listen, you come around here and you get the best teaching in the universe. I went through the whole glory stream. I went through all the prophetic training of the Kansas City prophets. I have all the training for all of that, and God has continued to grow me in greater things, entrusting them to me into this Red Letter Ministry RLM TV vision. But if you don't get it for yourself, you will freeze in ice. You will freeze in ice. If you are reliant on me and not having the word working in your own heart, you will terminate your own souls. So that's why we cannot be just listeners. We also must be doers. We don't want to stop listening out of fear or whatever reason the demon is speaking of why we stop listening. It's always something stupid. We want to hear more. That's why hungering for righteousness is your ears want to hear more. 
when we hear more, we also want to do more righteousness. Righteous acts that God's prepared for us to do. Greater works will you do because I'm going to the Father. It is written. Amen? And God is coming with rewards according to the good works we have done. Revelation 22, red letters. Therefore, if we are obedient to the commandment, which is the instructions that Jesus Christ has given us through the headship of his sapphire stone body above the sun, the more we obey, the more glory. Okay? The more we disobey, the more glory diminishes, and it's a fading glory in our own souls, which means you're growing in unbelief because you have no actual obedience. Obedience comes from the heart by the surrender of thought life. If you are guarding your thought life and the intentions and thoughts of your heart are not constantly judged by the Word, accountable to the Word, the living Word, the glory Word, what are you hiding in your bowels? What are you hiding in your bellies? Now we want to get that out into the surface and judged before the white throne judgment seat of the Word. Because that's the only hope you have to having the same righteousness burning in you that's also burning in me, in Jesus' name. As it's written, follow me as I follow Messiah. And if you don't have the same experiences in your heart, and it's just fat from teaching sitting on the couch all day, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. This needs to be the absolute same experience in your heart. You can sit on the couch and watch eight hours a day if the holy angel says so. And some of you are just commanded to do that. Very rare. Most of you need to be in the marketplace. You need to be accountable. You need to be learning social skills and, and different soft skills because your future and your destiny depends on it. Very, very rare. But some of you can just learn all the time and you have, are set apart to just be in school, to be in Glory College, be in Glory University, Word Academy, Enoch Metatron Academy, and learn the ways of the Sapphire Stones of the Archangels and the 24 Elders of the Heavenly Jerusalem and learn how to be accurate rabbinical, rightly dividing the Word of God without shame. Without shame means without shadows, which means the full light of the Word. And there's no diminishing light. It doesn't fall to the ground. It's not subject to human opinion. It goes forth like a fiery coal. Every word, like a rain of fire. My words are what? Light rain on tender mown grass. What is tender mown grass? The chopping away of the serpents and serpentine dust inside the brainstem, the ears, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, and the touch gates. Tender mown grass is the removal of the invisible serpents of the curse of the fall so that Torah can be received and hung upon the senses. And if Torah, the living word of God, the glory, the Shekinah word of the mountain called Zion, where the Father dwells, is not dwelling in you and hanging in your senses, serpents and their magic spells are by default. So you have two kingdoms, one that works in the magic arts. Outside the kingdom are the magicians of magic arts, Jesus Christ, red letters, book of Revelation. But inside the kingdom are what? Heavenly Jerusalem coming down like Torah scrolls, scripture scrolls. Heavenly Jerusalem coming down like scripture, so scripture that comes down. From where? Father God as the sun, Lamb of God as the moon, it is written. You know, that's called Kabbalah. A lot of Christians don't think Kabbalah is righteous and holy. You don't know nothing, man. The book of Revelation is the greatest book of Kabbalah ever written. 
You can't read that book accurately and not understand it through a Kabbalistic mindset. It's pure Kabbalah. Kabbalah just means a sapphire stone above the sun, starry interpretation of the word. So when you have a scriptural interpretation of stuff that's just dirt and dust and just mystery Babylon, mystery means I don't understand how the word came, I don't even honor the inspiration that it came through men and women that were totally consecrated. You can't even understand consecration until you have a Kabbalistic mindset. Not Blackstone mindset, not Klippeth mindset, not sorcery and uh, the augury of Laban mindset, not fallen angel mindset. That's what they want you to think it is. It's not. God created the sun and the moon and the stars. Fourth day, it is written, and he said it was good. What did God say? Yarevave? It was good. Do you have the same opinion as God in that area? Do you believe that Kabbalah is good? It's true. A lot of you just, oh man, my family's going to freak out, my Christian community. Now, I'm a Christian Kabbalist. Well, you need to be. You're the only ones that are going to help this situation on planet Earth. And if you're not, you're part of the problem. Truth anyhow. Which means you have no understanding of how the heavens, the stars, the luminaries, the sun, the government of day, or the moon even work at all. And you just live in ignorance under the moon. And anything that just comes down upon you, well, I just have my little Bible time and my prayer time to protect me. Those things are too high for me. You need to get into the high things. First, you need to go over to the ladder. And that's what all the earthly repentance is. Moving your heart closer to the stairway. Oh, let's go there. John 1. Praise God. This is awesome. (laughs) I am thankful that somebody's telling the truth around here. New Living Translation of the Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with Yarivave. Yarivave created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. You know what it also means? The darkness can never understand it. If your heart is still immoral in human thought, you'll never understand one word of Scripture. That's what it means to be outside the kingdom. You don't understand the Bible. Truth anyhow. The human blood is so corrupted by sin that it has no ability to interpret Scripture. God did it on purpose. As is written, no prophecy of Scripture is for human interpretation. Can you imagine a people under the sun interpreting the Bible as human beings and then debating over who's right and who's wrong? The prophet says, no interpretation of, of prophecy of Scripture is for human interpretation. No prophecy of Scripture is for human interpretation. Type it out in the comments. No Prophecy of Scripture is for human interpretation. You know what that limits it to? How much of the Holy Ghost you got in you through circumcisions to understand the Bible? And you're not just sitting there figuring out in your brain, wasting your days like animals, just heaping more and more dust into you, serpentine religion. Me, 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 Bible for me, 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 just growing in selfishness. There is nothing more selfish than religion. Religion is the pinnacle 
of fallen angels' sorcery and fallen angels' selfishness. Religion is the pinnacle of adultery, immorality, and murder. And this is what you're tempted with every day in earthly Christianity in the USA. And Australia and everywhere else too, but you know, we're here in America, so got that Donald Trump America first mentality. God told me, as America, so go the nations. And if you Australians have a problem with that, well, too bad. America first, buckwheat. But I am excited for RLM Sydney someday. And I will say that in Sydney and then be stoned to death. Wouldn't that be fun? You have to run for your lives. No. There's so much Christian nice and false love, they'd probably just leave um, sad and feeling bad for me, you know, like a false love reaction. That poor minister, he's gone so far, he's lost his mind. <laughs> it's still too crazy, that poor sad man. You know, you get so far gone into the glory, so sanctified living in the, the kingdom realm of Father God's glory, that these religionists with snakes in them actually begin to feel bad for you. I've seen sympathy from serpentine Christians hundreds and hundreds of times. It's just like, you had to understand that all the snakes in the dust, they have tons of emotions. All the demons are the most emotional creatures down here. Holy Ghost is less emotional than evil spirits. He's, he's actually very rock solid. Very solid. But all that emotionism and feelings and people just going nuts and losing their minds and just end of the world. Oh my God, every day is Armageddon and my spiritual warfare is so crazy or I'm offended by this, I'm offended by that. Listen, Holy Ghost is never like that. The Bible says he's slow, very slow to anger. Very slow, but quick to forgive. That's the nature of the Holy Ghost. But all this quick to judge and accuse, it's all serpents. It's all demons inside human beings and it's just all augury. You got different creatures in there warping the personality, and that's like that's just how I think, and I I'm easily triggered and easily offendable. No, you're just completely filled with demons, and we'll drive them out. Scripture drives it out. If you begin to engage in Torah and the Living Word, you won't be like that at all. He'll create a new soul in you, a new heart in you, a new emotional rock solidness and an anchor to God's Word in you, and you won't be like that at all. The promise of the Scriptures is the hope of glory. And the promise of glory and the glorification of His Word giving you a different personality. Some of you are just like, well, I'm locked into being like my mom and dad. No, that's not Christianity. You don't have to be like your bone marrow. You can now, from your spirit man in your belly, have the rivers of His bones and have the attitude of Jesus Christ. You have the entire personality of Messiah. You have it available to all of you. That's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of a new personality. And if you're settling for just what you have right now, you don't understand Christianity. This is the restoration of souls. He restores my soul. Psalms 23 verse 5. He restores my soul. What's a restored soul? A completely different character, nature, thought life, personality. You think differently. You speak differently. You act differently. You don't even buy the same paper towels or toilet paper paper anymore. You're finally on the dude wipes without dingleberries. Huge repentance. Been, been living in the land of dingleberries, but now we've come over to the land of dude wipes. 
It's expensive. Well, no, it's expensive living in Dingleberry Land. It's expensive living in the realm of feces and urine and serpents and dust. And don't think it's a cultural thing and it's just a personality thing. Don't be deceived. Don't judge me. Seriously, don't destroy your souls or the possibility of restoration of your souls by judging me. I've gone through the restoration of my soul for 24 years in the Shekinah glory. He changes me every season of my life. I'm a completely different person on the inside, especially now that I've gone cosmic. Because now the sapphire stones are literally the Father's personality beginning to emanate His nature through my flesh and blood, through my bones and marrow, through my mind, will, and emotions, through my thought life. So, Each step of the stairway, you are climbing the DNA ladder of the Messiah. I am the stairway. Here it is. John 1.50. Jesus asked him, Do you believe this because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? What's under the fig tree? Under the curse of the fall. Remember they covered themselves with fig leaves in Torah, Genesis, Adam and Eve, Garden of Eden. Are you under the curse, under the fig tree? I see you under the fig tree. He's not angry at you being under the fig tree. Why? Because here's what he says to that. You will see greater things than this under the fig tree vision crap. Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open and the angels of Yadevave going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Turn to it. John 1 verse 51 in the New Living Translation. Just turn there if you're watching online, if you're in the studio audience. John 1, 51 in the NLT. Then he said, I tell you the truth. You will all see heaven open and the angels of Yadivave going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Why heaven and earth and not earth and heaven? Because I am from above. I am from above. He was born above because he was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Did he ever have a below day? No, no, he never sinned. Hello? He never sinned. The mentality and the thought life, the word life, the action life of below the sun activity is what sin is. Vanity, vanity, chasing after the wind, meaningless, meaningless, everything under the sun, says the teacher, Ecclesiastes. Solomon understood living above the sun. Truth, anyhow, Song of Songs talks about the secret stairway in the sky. He was doing animal sacrifices to tap into the Sephirot. They had first Enoch. They had oral tradition. They had the tradition of Moses. Solomon was an awesome master Kabbalist of righteousness. Did he sin? He sinned. He repented. What do you say at the end of his life? Meaningless, meaningless, all of it, chasing after the wind. The only purpose of man is obedience to God's commandments. What commandments? Was he just talking about the Ten Commandments, the stone tablets? He was talking about the original commandments that the pattern above was based on and not just the Ten Commandments of stone that were in the ark of his temple. He had them both. He had the above and the below. And if you understand world history, Solomon was the only man who ever made world peace since the fall of Adam. There has never been world peace except through the reign of King Solomon of Israel. Truth in The people that opposed him came to him to test his wisdom, to glean information of sorcery, the Queen of Sheba, which means the Queen of 
the south, the queen of sorcery and, and the queen of man, the seven of man, she came testing Solomon with sorcery. Mm-hmm. Passed his test, conquered it, but it split his kingdom. But he still had the wisdom of it and still wrote the wisdom of it because we did not yet have Messiah. But Solomon made world peace even in the midst of all the sorceries, auguries, necromancies of all the magicians and magic arts of Laban, Janes and Jambres, and Balaam, and all the wickedness of the Egyptian sorceries in the world. Solomon conquered them. He did through his temple, through his wisdom, and through his relationship with Torah. Truth and yeah. Now you want to pick and choose about the negative things he did in his life. Well, if you've lusted in your heart, you've committed adultery. Therefore, this generation probably had more wives than Solomon. That you're more evil than Solomon's backsliding days. He repented. He's great in the kingdom of heaven. He is. Jesus said, Solomon was considered so great in the days of Israel. When Messiah came, he said, one greater than Solomon is here. The Messiah himself, maker of heaven and earth, compared himself to King Solomon. Isn't that wild? Think about that. You have the creator, almighty God, the son of God who made heaven and earth. Saying one, he's comparing himself to Solomon. He's I'm greater than Solomon, but he's still referencing this man. How great was Solomon? Proverbs, Song of Songs, and Ecclesiastes, all Solomonic literature. Spend some time there, grow in great wisdom, especially if you have a Kabbalistic mind view, mindset in a mental moral attitude of things, because they will turn into just pure wisdom, pure light. You need wisdom, right? The only way to grow is to grow through wisdom, because wisdom builds seven pillars. Proverbs 9, 1, it is written, How? How can I grow in Jesus? Well, kill your beast. No! Beast means all human desires. Where's the mark of the beast? In the forehead and in the hand. Always someone else. Always someone that's not in my denomination or my church or my, my Bible study, right? No, no, no. It's all human beings. The number of humanity, 666, is exactly what it says in the Bible. You have to annihilate the beast, the mark of the beast, the, the humanity of the beast, the beast that speaks, the, the blood, the bones that speak, the, how your organs speak and your diaphragm and your lungs and the breath and how you, your brain and it takes your, your tongue and all of it. That's the beast speaking. When scripture comes in, it annihilates the speaking of the beast. That's what consecration is. Consecrated to what? To speaking God's word. If the beast is not annihilated through your forehead, your mouth, your tongue, your ears, your eyes, your skull, your brains, your heart, your liver, your bowels, your diaphragm, your lungs, your, your whole neck, how are you ever going to speak God's word? You're going to have to use your soul of blood to speak God's word. It requires the complete slaughtering of the beast. Each rung, you'll communicate the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven even better. And guess what will happen when you communicate the word, the living word, the word of glory, the word of grace from his throne? There will be a building of seven pillars and a banqueting feast of wine and meat. Wine and meat, strong meat of the word of God. Proverbs 9, I want to read that next. We want to read this one more time. John 1 in the NLT verse 51. This is a good one to memorize. Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open 
and the angels of God, the angels of Yarevave, going up and coming down on the Son of Man. And we're supposed to be His body, so we're going to see all this stuff all the time. Amen? The Son of Man is the one who is the stairway. The one who is the stairway. Each stair is called a rung. That's each stairway is going rung upon rung, glory upon glory, dimension upon dimension. And each stairway, it deals with the character and the personality, the thought life, the mental moral attitude, the desires, the cares of this life, and all the conveniences and the pleasures of the flesh. All of it, all of the human being gets butchered. As it's written, kill the beasts. Proverbs 9.1, who does it? Wisdom does. What is wisdom? Understanding the Bible. So the interpretation of scripture that kills beasts is called wisdom. How much wisdom to kill all the beasts? Well, the same, they're called the wisdom of the ages. It's the wisdom of the ancient of days, the wisdom of the head of days, the wisdom of the scriptures over time, planetary systems, constellations, government of sun, government of moon, reigning over all the earth, making new earth all the time. I think that the rabbis of the heavenly Jerusalem better have the most wisdom. You'd hope so, right? That the leaders, the rabbis, the 24 elders around the throne of the Lamb, they better have wisdom that kills beasts. They better have all the word working, otherwise they're illegitimately in this place. They're not wearing the wedding clothes, which means they don't have the word working. They're naked in the garden. God had to kill a beast and then clothe them. It was the first beast killed in Scripture. To do what? Clothe the nakedness of their shame because they had no word covering. They had no Torah. They had no Scripture. They had no faith. Come on now. To be faithless without God's word of original design working is to be naked and ashamed in the garden. Therefore, first thing God does when he finds Adam and Eve that have had, less, had left his interpretation of the Bible and gone out there listening to demons and snakes in the garden, he killed a beast and then clothed them. They had clothed themselves with fig trees, right? Fig leaves which is your own individual interpretation about God, your own personal Jesus, mm-hmm. your own way you read your Bible, how you like to have your devotionals, my morning prayer time, my morning coffee. I like to have my coffee and my Bible time, and it's, it's just really soft and comfortable on my flesh. And we wonder why the growth is like null. That's not how it works. It works by killing beasts, the Bible says getting out of your comfort zones and forcing that comfort zone to be put to the fire until you start attacking your own animal nature, that own human nature and the blood covering of your brains and your bones, you'll never grow in Jesus Christ's body. It'll always be far away and you'll just watch them on YouTube. You'll just hear about them in the books or might see them on God TV, radical testimonies. It's available to all of you the same. Going from the sidelines to the front line, all it takes is radical obedience to God's word. Nothing more. Nothing more. It's not a special thing. You don't need some pixie dust sprinkled on your brains or a magic wand. All you need is obedience to the Bible. Yep. Not your individual interpretation through convenience and just comfort. Oh, the Bible is here to kill. No, the Bible is here to kill you. Wisdom kills her beasts. Amen. How often? Daily. I died daily to the wisdom of this world, to the cares of this flesh, the impulses of the flesh, to Amalek, 
and all the wickedness of living a carnal, earthly, unspiritual animal life. That's all Amalek. And I terminate Amalek. And I begin living a spiritual resurrected life based on carrying my cross, which is dying as a lamb every day in the Word of God. Now I'm living in the glory. Now my life's an adventure. Every day is consecutively the best day of my life because it's based on the Word and the working of the Word's glory. Not on anything else. There's no anchor for the soul, Bible says, except on the Word. If you are anchored in the, your mind, your will, emotions, your, your attitude and how you feel and everything about is it, is it anchored on something else other than Jesus on the throne, the Word above the sun, you're going to be a mess. You'll be a flight Christian. You'll have no faithfulness, no loyalty. You'll flake out under the pressure of the fallen angel. You do the wrong thing. You get into the criticism, the sin of the mouth, the leper camps. There are leper camps everywhere in the days of Jesus Christ the Messiah. Leprosy is the sin of the mouth. There are more leper camps in America than there was in ancient Israel. How much sinning is done with the mouth. Gossiping, slander, private messaging, attacking the pastor, attacking the prophet, murdering, always adding your own two cents, agreeing with snakes and demons and evil spirits, covenanting and contracting your souls to hell. It's what you do when you sin with your mouth. The tongue is like the very rudder of the ship steering the whole soul into hell, James says, and it's the truth anyhow. So we need the scripture to circumcise our tongues and all that pool of blood and our voice down into our bellies. So we only speak words that emanate Shekinah. And when we don't, we repent quickly, go back to the word and burn it out of us and say, Father, I have sinned with my mouth. I have sinned with my blood. I have sinned with my tongue. I have committed the act of leprosy by speaking something out of my mouth that doesn't increase the glory of God. Amen? So therefore, we no longer sin with our mouths. That's what a sinner is. That he just speaks words with his mouth that don't emanate Shekinah. Don't let your children sin. Don't sin yourselves. Don't have a house of sin. Only speak words that increase the glory light. It's not hard. You got all got 200 Bibles. There's 200 Bibles in all your cell phones and iPads. If you only speak the scriptures, you'll only speak life. And it's radical stuff too. So you might sound more like a lumberjack than a pastor on a church corner. Because some of these guys were wild. Some of these prophets were really, really wild. You got Ezekiel in there telling the Israelites they're like um, fondling donkey balls of Egyptian camels and stuff and all kinds of wild stuff in there. It's graphic, man. Don't sit there and think that the Bible's rated G. It's rated R. So you might, ha you might have a sailor's mouth on you, but you'd be sailing the seven sapphire seas. It doesn't mean that you're some kind of pansy, weakling, soft, fake love Christian, you know, idiot that's just manipulated by false love constantly, just an augured idiot. No, no, no. You become the toughest, the toughest of the tough. The disciples and the apostles of the Lamb of God were the toughest men in the whole world. They were not weaklings. They were not sensitive little hurt-my-feeling snowflakes. These men were warriors, okay? The scriptures will turn you into absolute strong men of Israel. 
You've heard of the strong men of demons. They're always paranoid about the enemy because they got so many snakes in them. The fear of the enemy is the beginning of foolishness. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We need to understand the strong men of Israel in these times. The 12 tribes and the 12 apostles, 24 elders around the throne. God wants you to be one of those elders. You know, an elder is someone that understands the whole Bible at a cosmic level inside the Father's structure of sapphire stones. He wants you all to be elders. He's not holding back for you. He's not trying to rule over you. He's not a control freak. He's an empowerment freak. He's a resurrection freak. He's trying to get in you and raise you up into his kingdom. If you let him, he'll do it. But if you get in the way, resist, make up excuses, and just think it's suggestions. I don't really need to be a, a disciple during these end times. I just, I just need mentorship. Can you just give me some suggestions? Can you pray for me? Can you do something for me? No, here's what I give you the word. Become a disciple. Stop being a lazy, good-for-nothing, fake Christian. Amen? Truth in you. Stop being lazy. Stop being sinful. Stop going after what's easy. Start dealing with the stuff in your heart. Start dealing with the stuff in your mind. Don't be slothful and wicked. What did Jesus Christ say to the foolish servants? To the, all the disobedient in his parables? He called them slothful servants. They were still servants, which means they still believed in Jesus and were around, around Jesus taking orders. Hello? But he called him a wicked, slothful servant. Why? Because he didn't obey with wisdom what was invested into his spirit, man, from God. This is how you go from bad to worse and find yourselves in hell, even though you've been around the apostles and prophets for 10, 15, 20 years, and it hasn't even helped so many people. Why? Because they're wicked, slothful, evil servants. They didn't reproduce that holy word by annihilating their bloodline and their humanity and their mark of the beasts and their beast nature. They're not killing beasts with wisdom. Every day, even if it's only 15 minutes, we recommend if you want to be a part of RLM TV, especially anywhere close to the leadership, it is required 30 minutes engaging in Torah, reading the scriptures with no, distra- with no distractions. If you can't do that, you cannot be a disciple. You will never be close to the throne of Jesus. The possibilities of you maturing in Christ are zero. Because in order to grow, you must eat. And if you're not willing to put in even 30 minutes of engaging in Torah to crucify the beast, you don't even care about crucifying, killing beasts, or wisdom. Your life is caught up in your own time, in your own world. You live in your world, and the world of God is not even an investment for you. You have made yourselves gods. Therefore, your time is spent on yourself and not the Father, and that's the way it is. Repent and make it about the Father. Doesn't mean you have to be a full-time minister, but you need to have a full-time heart for the Father. Your outer man is not as important as you think it is. It is important, and it does follow your inner soul and your inner intelligence. But if you begin to consecrate your inner man, your outer man will follow you automatically, and that's how you get all the promotions in the marketplace and consecrate the business to be business revival in every single direction. And you'll have 10 times more money with 10 times less work. And it won't be through your ideas. It'll be through the angels 
and their sapphire stones manifesting God the Father through your divine bodies. If you are needing to work harder for less pay, that's the evidence that you're under Amalek, that you're under the curse of the fall, and you're being augured by snakes. Truth, anyhow. Deal with the snakes, get the circumcisions, engage in Torah, and Torah obliterate the beasts. Guess what will happen? You have ten times more angels, ten times less snakes. And the more angels, the easier your life is. Apart from angels, you cannot inherit salvation, Hebrews says it. We inherit salvation through angels. Holy, righteous, innocent, childlike angels, guardian angels, business angels. There's angels literally for everything. We have a camera angel. We have a video angel. There are angels stationed and posted up in every single area of my existence. That's the only way we live and move and have our being because all God's words are filled with God's angels. All God's angels obey God's words. And if God's word is working in every area of your spirit, soul, mind, and strength, and everything around you is built by angels, you're a wise master builder. You're a part of the apostolic church of the end times. Wise master builder, just like the days of Noah, the ark was only built by angels. Okay, The Jewish sages in the book of Jasher said Noah didn't even lift one hammer to build one board on the ark. I don't know what you people are thinking. You need to understand the Bible a little more accurately. He never lifted one hammer. Why? Because he was a preacher of righteousness. The angels did all the work. You could say Noah was a Levite. Truth in you, he wasn't a carpenter. He wasn't a builder. He didn't build the ark. Scripture says in all the oral tradition of Moses in the book of Jasher and all ancient texts said the ark of Noah was entirely 100% built by angels. Therefore, the standard in the Old Testament is the same as the New Testament. Unless the angels build the house, the laborers labor in vain. How do we get angels building our marketplace, building our relationships, building our houses, our windows, our doors, standing guard outside our houses when we live in the ghetto with 36 organized gangs? How do we stay safe? You better have myriads of angels around you. Well, how do I get them? You get them because they're in His Word. If His Word possesses you and circumcises your humanity out of you, you won't have anything except holy angels in every direction all the time. It'd be like a light show, like 4th of July fireworks of, of lights flashing inside you, through you, and around you 24-7-365. Why? Because you're living in the kingdom. What kingdom? The kingdom of heaven of myriads, innumerable, uncountable amounts of angels, like we read yesterday in Hebrews chapter 12. And if that's not your reality, buddy, you might be with the devil because you don't understand the covenant. So we need to get the devil out by all the instructions I've given you tonight and we need to get the Holy Ghost and his angel armies in. Being a temple of the Holy Ghost is the kingdom of heaven that's in you. Luke 17, 21. What is the kingdom of the Father? Their faces shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. It is written. What is the kingdom of our Father? It is the angelic spheres. So the kingdom of the Father really does begin on the moon. That's Revelation 12.1. I saw a woman or a soul standing on the moon. We want that soul to be you, but you're going to have to deal with all the beast in you, all the humanity in you, and completely obliterate it through wisdom. Wisdom, which is understanding Scripture. Wisdom only comes through understanding Genesis to Revelation. And without that wisdom of Scripture... You can never be wise. You can never kill the beast of humanity. So this is a, a book that is alive that wants to remove the part of you called the curse of the fall. 
This is why we must engage in it every day, because it's our progressive work of removing the curse of the fall and the only potential possibility of resurrection. And when we put it in, guess what? We become oracles. Not overnight. You're not going to have two-week two Ezekiels or two-week Jeremiah's. I believe it takes at least 14 plus three years. What? Saul to Paul took 14 plus three years. I've never seen a prophet, not Bob Jones, not John Paul Jackson, or anyone get sanctified in less time than that. Which means the consecration of the word so that you're an oracle, which means you're only speaking words of life, it takes time. Because you're changing the word systems out of your bones and marrow, your hearts and your minds, to now only agree with the words of life after the pattern above, and all the words that you have in you from below, you're challenged by those words. Those words are what lead you into sin. Those words are what lead you into temptation. Those words are what lead you into judgmental criticalness and disobedience and lust and pride and all wrongdoing. Your words shall be your judges, Jesus Christ said. Judges of hell and judges of heaven. The judges of heaven live in the heavenly Jerusalem. The judges of hell live in chaos, confusion, and darkness. The demons don't even know what's going on. They're all attacking each other. There's no order in that entire kingdom. All principalities hate other principalities. So the evidence that you're in hell is you're attacking everyone. Listen, you can attack the foreskin. You can attack the beast. Attacking hell is wonderful. The Son of God has made manifest to destroy, attack all the works of the devil. But if you're attacking God, you're attacking the living word, you're attacking the prophets and the apostles, consecrated messengers, buddy, you're full of demons. And it doesn't mean we don't love you, but we will consecrate you because we don't allow the devil to speak. What did he say? He forbid the demon to speak. He said, shut up. Get gagged, it means in Greek. Shut up. When the demon began to speak to him everywhere he went, demons would cry out. The Bible says, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What did he say? Shut up. He forbid the demons to speak everywhere he went because they knew who he was. Hallelujah. It is written. Therefore, do not interact with the shadows, with the beasts, with the birds, with the reptilians, with the serpents in the garden, you tell them to shut up when those thoughts come into your head, into your hearts, into your mind, into your bones, into your blood, into the covering of your senses. You tell that stuff to shut up, get gagged, and be thrown in the lake of fire. All thoughts that are manifest in your mind are spirits. You know how you lose? You just think it's me. It's just me thinking this thing. Well, you'll never win a battle then because you're ignorant to the invisible world. It's not just you. It's spirits 100% of the time. And until you deal with the spirits of the invisible world 100% of the time as spirits, they'll continue to augur you, which means influence you with birds, beasts, and reptiles. And you just live down here on the, on the sand augured which means controlled by hell in animal forms, usually serpents. When a serpent's in your senses, you're augured, which means controlled by hell in animal forms. They resemble the images of birds, beasts, and reptiles, Romans 1, which means they're all augured. That's called augury. In Leviticus, there's ten forms of sorcery mentioned in Leviticus, all of them punishable by death. Amen? That's the best thing I've heard all day. It's the most encouraging thing I've heard all day. That all ten forms of sorcery 
in Leviticus are punishable by death. I'm going to enjoy this. You know what kind of death they're going to get? The death of the flood of the Torah scrolls. Even though they should be put down like sick puppies, they're not going to be put down like sick puppies. The Bible says they'll search for death and not find it. What I'm going to put down is the principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, and take them prisoner under the word of God, ruling from the government of sun, the government of day. We're going, to, we're going to take over Blackstone, Vanguard, the Jewish banking system, the nations, governments, all of them, all the secret societies, all 16 branches of the U.S. government, not by any, we'll never pick up a gun, just simply called righteousness, as it's written, righteousness reigns and rules from Zion, the place of God the Father's throne. Bam! Amen. And there will be some effort because you do have to put your whole heart into it, your whole soul and mind and bone and marrow into it. But our effort is the energy of the lightning path of Enoch with the two witnesses, Sandalphon and Metatron. And we are in their academy in the heavens and on the earth every single day. I'm going to close with this. The Lord's Prayer. Pray then in this way. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in the heavenlies. Wow. The people in the heavenlies to transform the earth. I love this verse in Revelation 5.10. It says, They will rule with Messiah over the earth for a thousand years. A people who live on the stars. A people who live on the sapphire stones. Amen? Give us today our daily bread. Which means, feed my spirit, lest the beast take over. Got to kill the behemoth today. Amen? Every day we kill the behemoth. Behemoth is the word in the Bible for the flesh, or the animated creature of the flesh, that's not killed by Torah. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Unless you crucify the behemoth, guess what happens? Hell, by default, will rule through your mind, will, and emotions automatically. So when Torah scrolls come down from sun and moon, we rule righteously from the sapphire stones in our Father's kingdom over the earth. That means we are killing the behemoth, the ziz of the sky, the birds of the air, and all the fish of the sea, Leviathan who swims in the sea, and all of that that has the power of sky, air, water, and earth, which is called a human vessel, it's killed by the Torah scroll. My words descend like light rain on tender mown grass. Song of Moses, Revelation 15, the overcomers are singing it. They've learned how to bring down the scripture, the Torah scrolls, from the stars and the sun and the moon to be the government of God over the earth. Amen? So the best place to be is under that government right now, which is under our government and RLM TV and Red Letter Ministries. It's the best place you could possibly have your soul in the entire world, and I'm not saying that because I'm biased. If someone else had it, I'd be there and I'd be telling you about it. I don't care. This ain't about me or about building a ministry. I never cared about nothing. It's all of you, none of me since day one for 24 years. Truth anyhow. Welcome to real discipleship of the kingdom of the Father. All we care about is the Father's will and we're serious. And it works. And all the angels back us up. And it is amazing in this place. Now there shall be a whole bunch of people wanting to get under the Father's government. 
24 elders, you get this message out there. You begin to support this message. You begin to build this ministry with us. You begin to go uh, chop wood. When they were building the temple, they were building, they had all the nations around them commissioned. They had people bringing in copper from Canada in Solomon's temple. There are copper mines in Kenya that date to the exact time of Solomon. There was so much precious metals and and copper and things and wood. There is evidence that Solomon had to bring in the resources from the whole planet to build up Jerusalem in his days. That means he had everyone in the world working for his vision because his vision was yad Hey vav Hey. And you need to understand that's normal apostolic ministry. This is not just church age 501c3 Freemason America BS. This is like Solomon plus Jesus Christ, one greater than Solomon this year. Welcome to the kingdom of heaven, actually. Amen? Truth anyhow. Now we need the people to go and take over the world and support the building of the Sapphire Stone Temple. That's all we need. And you will fill those shoes and begin to walk in those places if you allow the beast to be slaughtered in you. Some of you become Levites. Not overnight. You need the consecration 14 plus 3 years in your own personal Arabia. And you get all the teaching, get all the training. And the angels just carry you into it effortlessly. It'll be wonderful. But 11 out of 12 that will be amongst the manifesting sons of God on sapphire stones in the messianic kingdom of Israel, of the bright morning star, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I tell you the truth, they will conquer all Fortune 500 companies. They will conquer all construction and building companies. They will conquer and take over all trades on earth. The justice skills of trading will be absolutely balanced. Now what goes down, whore of Babylon trading... She who trades on human souls, which is slavery, which is what you have in this old system of the Tower of Babel. That's what opposes the Messianic kingdom that were commissioned, anointed, and sent from God's throne to usher in during these days. That's our destiny. That's my destiny. That's what I was created to do. I'm doing it. Now we're going to transition from Babylon the Great into the Messianic Kingdom Age of Israel, of Jesus Christ and the 24 elders and a billion people living on sapphire stones, the Father's Kingdom of the Heavenly Jerusalem. They will have the economy. They will have the government. They will have the military of archangel power beyond anything that has ever walked the earth as temples of the Holy Ghost. And you are invited to be a part of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. You want to support this ministry? Click the links in the description. Bless you as you give generously. And we'll see you tomorrow. Amen.
Victory, victory, victory tonight. I got the victory. 